Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable. Run it in a 600, run it in a 600. Untouchable, uncrushable. Run it in a 600, run it in a 600. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode here of Punch in the Face Radio. I am your host, Brandon Stubbs. As you can tell, I am pretty sick here tonight, but there was no way in hell I wasn't going to do tonight's show. Because tonight's show, and it really is a representation of why I'm doing this sick, tonight marks the one-year anniversary of me relaunching Punch in the Face Radio. And, you know, I'll talk about it a little bit more later in the show, but... Uh, you know, this is what it's about. This is my baby. This is my brainchild. And there was no way, sick or well, I was going to miss the one-year anniversary. So, you know, I appreciate everyone rocking with me here for this year. Like I said, I'll talk a little bit about it a little bit more later in the show. Uh, but especially tonight, you know, with me feeling a bit under the weather, uh, forgive me if I start coughing, sneezing, or if my voice just completely goes out. So uh, we'll see how tonight goes. But uh, you're more than welcome to talk. Since I can't talk, you can call into the show at area code 929-477-3165. You can also tweet me throughout the show at Brandon P2TF. And as well, you can always go to punchintheface.com. Not a lot there anymore, but eh, you can still go. Why not? Um, we'll have our guest uh, here in about 10 minutes. Uh, we have an interview here with Von the Animal Alexander. Uh, interview I was able to conduct earlier today. Uh, my voice was actually a little bit better. Um you know, it's a hell of an interview. That's all I can say in regards to that. I just want you to step back and enjoy that. Uh, so Vaughn's interview will be here in about 10 minutes. Uh, we'll also talk about some fights that have been made officially booked. Uh, whether Thurman is shook of uh, Earl Spence Jr., uh, we'll, we'll definitely elaborate on that and as well. Um, I think that's actually it. Oh, oh and uh, Glenn Tapia, uh, Gabriel Rosado uh, this Thursday night. So if you listen to the show live, that will be tomorrow night. Uh, for those who are listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and you're listening to a past date, uh, I'm, I'm going to encourage everyone to watch the, the fight. So hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully the fight is live. But I want to talk about some fights that happened here Saturday night. You know, Saturday night was the first time I was able to watch Showtime on a television and it not be bootleg in almost three years. I cut my Showtime off and just had no real interest in uh, paying for it. But I got bamboozled thanks to my cable company into getting Showtime back. And this was the first card that they had uh, since I've now been reinstated with my Showtime was this past Saturday. Well, we got blessed with the triple header here at 154. And uh, from start to fin- – well, uh, let me we stop there. Uh, from start uh, to midway through the card, the fights were great. Uh, we'll touch on Honest um, um, Larry Lara here in a moment, but – you know, we have six of the top 10, top 15 guys at 154 who are vying to stay or say they're number one. And we got some answers here on Saturday night. Um, we also um, have a couple more questions as well uh, after Saturday night. So let's first start off here with um, – Really, a fight. You know, we had Austin Stroud on the show. 
uh, here last week, and his fight with Jared Hurd kind of started off like he said it was going to start off. You know, he was very uh, fast. He got off to a good start. He felt that that was one of the things that kind of hindered him uh, in his fight against Charlo. The last time last time we saw him in here almost a year and a half ago, uh, he thought it, it really slowed him. He was a slow starter, and if he would have got up to a little bit faster pace, he would have had a better chance of winning that fight. So uh, he started off fast against Jared Hurd and uh, gave Hurd some different looks, <coughs> uh, made Hurd have to adjust, and, you know, big up and shout out to Jared Hurd. Jared Hurd went out, and he, he was able to adjust. He was able to to eventually slow down Austin Trout. Uh, he rocked him hard here. I think it was in the sixth round. Uh, and then finally the corner uh, called it into it in the tenth. Uh, you know, give credit where it's due uh, to Austin Trout. Uh, Austin, <coughs> Austin fought a game fight, but at the end of the day he was just shorthanded. You know, he the, he took that shot and just was unable to recover as the fight wore on. But, you know, like I said, this one's one of those things where it left more questions than answers. The questions lie in regards to Jared Hurd. Um, How good is Jared Hurd? And that's a legitimate question right now. Is is Jared Hurd someone that we should still um, think highly of here at 154? Did he get exposed? You know, I'm leaning more towards getting exposed because – you know, we saw Austin Trout hitting with shots. We saw really the Tony Harrison fight before Austin Trout that Jared Hurd had. Uh, Jared Hurd's a hittable guy. And if someone has a little bit more pop in their punches because he was getting get clean with some of those shots by Austin Trout, it's not going to end so well for Jared Hurd. Now, you have to give Hurd credit for him showing his resiliency in the fight. And when he was down early, not to get overly discouraged and continue to press forward and kind of continue to fight his game. But you didn't hear a lot of great sound advice in his corner. You know, you see stuff like that, it kind of makes you wonder a lot, you know, is you know is he ready for this next level? But also is his corner ready here for this next level uh, that he's going to embark on? And I think those questions are still yet to be answered in regards to him. Um, for Austin Trout, you you gotta understand, you gotta kind of have your heart g- has to go out to him. Uh, fought a hell of a fight, you know, really the first half of the fight. Ended up getting hit and just d- never had his legs underneath him. Um, it's a shame that he has been inactive like he has. And you know, when we had him on the show, it's nothing of his doing. It's nothing that you know he turned down fights. It's just it's that PBC lifestyle, unfortunately, that, you know, is a hit or miss in regards to a lot of these fighters getting opportunities to fight. And unfortunately for Austin, he's one of those who just didn't, hasn't gotten the opportunity. Um, you know, with the fight being stopped the way it is, we probably won't see Austin for another six to eight months. But uh, I still think he's very vi- viable at 154. I still think he has a lot to offer boxing, and it's not completely set out. Of, uh, he, him being out of a title contention pitcher, um, you know, at least in the media future, you know, he could, you know, rail off a couple more wins. He could be right back where he was at here this past weekend, that you know, this time next year. It is very feasible. Uh, 154 is a very fluid situation. Um, the other fight there on the card, though, that definitely showed that it's a <laughs> fluid situation is maybe not the way of saying this. Um, I, I think now we can 
I now have to take the label off. I, I can no longer call them the Charlotte Divas. I, I just can't do it. Um, what what Jermel did here on Saturday night was shut people up. And his brother did the same thing in his debut at um, middleweight, uh, Jamal. You know, these guys, they may be legit. And in many ways, it kind of hurts me to say because they just seem so weird. I, I, I just, I, you know, maybe because I, I don't have a sibling like that. I don't have a twin. Just kind of come off weird to me in that regards. But let's keep it real. These guys are the villains we need in boxing right now. Um, what Jamel Charlo did to Erickson Lubin was he pretty much took his soul. Um, let's just call it what it is. Um, it took him all of uh, two and a half minutes, and he just landed a sneaky right hand, and Lubin was done for. Uh, Lubin didn't even you know make it up. Uh, I think he made it up would have been like count nine. Um, he was ruined. He was done from the jump, and you saw it was levels in regards to 154, which leads me to ask uh, this question is, you know, did they ruin Erickson Lubin by rushing him into this fight? And I think that's a very viable question to ask right now is, did he get rushed into it? You know, when we and Adam Abramowitz, shout out to Adam Abramowitz, as in boxing, um, did the, our fall fight preview, we kind of wondered, was this one of the, this was going to be a pick and fight, we thought. Uh, but we also thought that the experience of Charlo would be the difference. And we, we saw that. And unfortunately, you know, Lubin didn't have to take this fight, but he dared to be great and he wanted to be in this fight, wanted to be a young champion. And he wasn't ready. I, I don't know if he would have been ready against somebody like Charlo even two years from now. Um, what also scares me in regards to this is his reaction after the fight. His reaction after the fight was, you know, I could still win. I could have still, you know, gone. I was able to, I, I could have fought after I got up. I don't know what actually Eric Lubin was thinking, but no, 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 you, no. You got knocked out cold. You, your body's all stiff and you, you're doing these weird uh, twitchings. After getting hit, there's no way in the world. Um, this isn't the first time he's went down, which is also a shame. You have to kind of worry a little bit about that. He's 22. You know, he's going to get fights. He's going to get opportunities. But a knockout loss like this can ruin a young guy's career. And, you know, if there was already some murmurs about him being chinny, and we saw the shot that he took that would made him go down here on Saturday night. You really have to say, okay, this guy may not, he may not be what we thought he was. And to Charlo's credit, Charlo said, that, you know, this guy talks smack and I want to shut him up. Charlo made that happen. So, uh, you know, for all the, the attention that happened after the fight, you know, there was a chair that was swung uh, at Jamal Charlo, uh, allegedly by somebody, uh, from Lubin's camp, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk before the fight uh, from Lubin's camp, a lot of trash talking, and uh, you got to give credit to where to do. Charlo went out there and he shut him up. And that's, that's all the fighter you can ask for is you go out and you shut your opponent up. 
So, you know, we put up the Punch to the Face radio poll, which we do here every week. And this question, this week's poll was, was pretty simple in regards to the Charlo brothers because you can tell the energy was starting to change uh, in regards to the Charlo brothers and the post-fight interview uh, with Jermell yelling across the ring to Lubin's corner is, are they okay, uh, after uh, Jermell knocked him out. That boxing Twitter is starting to actually embrace the Charlo brothers. And so the question was on this week's poll, uh, in regards to the Charlo brothers, you had four options. Uh, first option was they're still unproven, they're batshit crazy, uh, they're the villains we need, or other. And uh, with 6% of the voters, they're still unproven. Uh, there are still some people out there who kind of wonder uh, how great they are or can be, which, you know, I, I was in that boat before, but I think they're they're making me a believer now. They've turned me into a believer that th- they can scrap. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, that So that got 6% of the vote. 9% of the vote went to their batshit crazy. Um, yeah, you got to understand, these guys, they, they talk the smack. And for for my MMA fans who are listening to the show, uh, maybe the best correlation I saw someone put on social media is the Charlo brothers are boxing's version of the Diaz brothers. And for those who are not familiar with Nick and A. Diaz, these guys genuinely give no shits in regards to to boxing. They just don't. They they, they I mean, so it's MMA. They just don't. They have their own way, their own attitudes. Uh, so, yeah, that shit crazy. That got 9% of the votes. 10% of the votes went to other, which no one actually said what the other is. Um, I, I kind of want a response if it's other. But 75% of the voters said the Charlo brothers are the villains we need right now in boxing. You know, every great movie needs a villain. You know, the superhero can't be a superhero if they're not fighting someone evil. That's where the Charlo brothers are going to come into play. These guys may be able to make a niche for themselves to make a lot of money just being guys that people want to see lose. And I hate to tell people this. These kids are improving. They're not going to get any worse. You know, unless they completely don't take boxing seriously and start doing reckless stuff outside of the ring, they're not going anywhere. Uh, Jamel right now could be the top dog at 154. You know, Jamal is doing his thing at middleweight. Let's face it, they're not going anywhere, folks. Um, you know, a face that, that uh, Jamel uh, may, be, may be seeing here soon uh, is Anastasia Laura. You know, he won his fight over to the, Terrell Gachet. Um, I'm not going to talk much about that fight because, quite honestly, I didn't watch it. I, I tried to get six rounds into it, and Laura's fights, you know, God bless him. We know he's uberly skilled. They're just boring. And a lot of viewers actually started turning off the Showtime card, and their ratings dipped uh, upon the Laura fight starting, which is a shame. Uh, we saw fans exiting. If you saw anything on social media Saturday night, fans exiting. Uh, the Barclay Center during Anasari Lara's fight because he's just that boring of a fighter. Um, not to say he doesn't have skills, but his, his fights are just boring. They're, they're tough to watch. Um, but let's make it let's make it clear. He's probably the number one guy at 154. Now, Charlo did call out Jared Hurd, which now makes the most sense for those two guys to fight at 154. Quite honestly, what I saw of Jared Hurd on Saturday night, this should be an easy victory uh, for Jamel Charlo. Um, you know, whenever they face off. For Anas Lara, things can get a little bit more interesting. 
Uh, the only other title holder at 154 is Miguel Cotto, who will be fighting here in December, this final fight. So, you know, if Cotto were to lose to Saddam Ali, you know, maybe that's a fight Laura goes after, goes after Ali for that title, or, you know, maybe see if he can fight somebody on a vacant title fight, you know, and see if he can gain the, uh, another belt. Uh, that would make the most sense, you know, for him to go after whoever that champion is, and then for Ch- uh, Charlo and Hurt to face off, and then we have uh, subsequently a tournament of some sorts here to crown who's number one at 154. We shall see uh, in regards to how that plays out here uh, going into 2018, but a lot of it's going to depend upon what happens here with Miguel Cotto's fight, which we'll talk about a little bit later as well here on the show. Uh, but one thing we will go ahead and get into is tonight's guest, and that is Von Alexander. Now, Von Alexander unfortunately made some mistakes in his life, and uh, he missed, you know, 10 years, 10 years of his boxing career, 10 years of his life. And he's gotten out, got out last year, and has uh, put his nose to the grindstone, and is he's doing just that. He's grinding. And he is somebody right now main events is extremely high on, um, a fighter that I think you really should keep your eye on, really going into 2018, uh, look for him to really make a push in main events, do big things with him. So uh, here's my interview I conducted earlier this afternoon uh, with middleweight and possibly super middleweight uh, Von Alexander of main events. All right, right now we are joined by Von the Animal Alexander. He's 11-0. and 0. Uh, He's got a bright future ahead of him here with main events. Uh, he's coming off a win here just a few weeks ago up in Connecticut. Uh, Vaughn, man, we appreciate you checking out time here on Punch the Face Radio. Oh, man, ain't no problem, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Well, absolutely. Like, like I said, man, you're 11-0 now. You picked up that 11th win here uh, on October the 5th against Alvin Ayala. Yo, that was a hell of a knockout, but I want to take it back to the weigh-ins because, you know, it's the first time we've seen you get a little bit heated as somebody since you returned back to the ring, man. What was all about here at the weigh-ins? Uh, well, you know, uh, leading up to the fight, you know what I mean? It, it, it was a bunch of um, him talking in the media about what he going to do to me. Um, he about to resurrect his career off me. And, you know, I, I kind of took offense to that because, you know, I'm a, I'm a young, up-and-coming you know, I mean, I've been here before. It, it's just that I had a setback. But I'm here now. I'm back. And, you know, this guy this guy was talking about, you know, putting a, putting an L on my record. And, you know, ain't nobody going to put no L on my record. So, you know, when 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 I um when I got the opportunity to be face-to-face with him, I, I had to let him know, man, I'm a young lion out here. And he, he going to have to he gonna have to be God-like to beat me. So, you know, it got real heated. You know what I'm saying? It just came from a lot of frustration. Me, uh, hearing, uh, I was quiet. Now, I wasn't in the media talking. He was in the media. I kept hearing all of these things that he was saying. So, you know, I had to let him know in his face. You know what I'm saying? That he got a lot to deal with. So, you know, I, I took care of business. That you did, man. It was a sick combo that actually closed out the night. Uh, it was a right hook. and looks like, a, you know, just a quick left. And uh, once you hit him with that right hook, man, did you know it was – it was done for. He wasn't going to get up. Oh, yeah. You know, from round one, you know, I, I fight differently. You know what I mean? If, if, if you go back and since, since I've been out, you go back and look at all the fights I've had since I've been out, I fight differently uh, according to who I'm fighting. So with this guy, you know, when they sent me um, uh, the tapes of him, I, I looked at it. 
And, you know, I seen he was the guy that moved a lot. So, you know, I'm 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 very, very versatile in, in, in that ring. So so I worked on, you know, putting the press down, pressing, pressing, pressing. Because that's what you do to a person that, that moves a lot. So we worked on it in the gym to press him. So I did that. You know, from round one I put the press down, um, picking my shots. Uh, letting him, letting him do what he do because at the same, at the same time, you know, he, he got to try to win rounds. So I knew he was going to be throwing a lot of shots. So, you know, it worked out beautifully. It just that he was a veteran. He was able to go a few more rounds than I thought he was going to go. But, you know, I ultimately got the job done in the seventh round with that right hand. You know, and thus far he is definitely the, the toughest opponent on your resume so far. So how would you grade yourself? After this performance here earlier this month, well, I, I, I actually, you know, I, I'm not right now. It ain't about grading myself. You know what I'm saying? It's about me, you know, taking care of business. Whoever main events put in there, it's about me picking these guys apart, looking, looking real good. You know, so you know, I can, I can climb that ladder. But you know, I, 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 I say that I did. The job, what me and my brother worked on, you know, we went in and, you know, we did exactly what we worked on in the gym, and that's putting the press down. But, you know, I, ain't, I, I, I felt that I, I, um, I did pretty good. I got the job done. And, you know, I'm back in the gym, you know, continuously my, my rise and, and, and getting better. You know, you can never, you can never get, um, you can never stop learning in this game, and you know I continuously learn and try to get back to my raw form. Now, you know you did get roughed up a little bit. You know we saw you had the bloody nose. Is is that okay? Are you going to be able to try to get in there maybe for the years out and get another bout in for 2017's out? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Listen, listen. This this boxing, and you know, it's it's the people making a big deal because I had a bloody nose. I mean, this 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 part of boxing. Sometimes you gonna get hit, and he was lucky enough. He was one of the lucky ones. That was the first time ever in my life that I had a bloody nose ever in my life. So you know, he can he can honestly say that he made my nose bleed. But you know, this boxing man, and you know, sometimes you gonna get hit. You know, I try my hardest to not get hit, but that night I got hit in my nose, and you know, he hit me with a good shot. You know, it wasn't effective. But, you know, it's a nose. A nose can bleed easily. So, you know, he hit me with a good shot. But, you know, my nose is not broke. My nose is not fractured. He just hit me with a good shot, you know, that he made my nose bleed. But, you know, kudos to him for doing that. Now, you know, main events is definitely looking to, to fast track you. You know, like you said, you've had the time away. Uh, but, you know, re- really honestly, at 31, you're not old in boxing terms because you don't have all the wear and tear from training. Uh, you don't have all the wear and tear on you from actually fighting. So, in reality, you're still pretty young in the sport, and we see guys fighting up into their 40s. But how important is it for you definitely going, looking more towards 2018, that you start getting those bouts against guys who can get you start ranking up a little bit higher in some of these sanctioning bodies? Man, I'm, 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 I'm glad you one of the first person, one of the first people that I've never heard say that. I've been telling these people all, this all along, that, Man, listen, my, my body, my body is is still young. You know, people people get my age, I'm thirty one, people get that confused as uh, uh my time is running. My time is running out. Man, listen, I'm a young thirty one. And, you know, just like you said, man, I've been I've been my body been so reserved. All I've been doing is keeping my body right. You know, I eat right. 
Um, I work out, make sure that I stay physically fit. But it, it's, it's definitely important, you know what I'm saying, for me to continue on this fast track because that's what I want. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like to be out the ring um, for months on end. I, I like to get in there because that's how I will continue to get up to that peak that I want to get to, being of uh, 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 my own self in that raw form. Me fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. You know what I'm saying? That's how I'm going to get to that raw form. But it's important that I, you know, continue on this path, and I'm hoping main event, you know what I'm saying, puts better opposition in there, you know, so they know that I'm one of the top dogs out here. Now, when you, when you look at the middleweight division, because... Let's face it, the middleweight division is kind of a mess. I mean, we got Canelo and Triple G are kind of tying some things up with several of the belts. Uh, David Lemieux versus uh, Billy Joe Saunders has now been made official for December. Uh, there's a lot going on there, you know, right at the top, but then it's it's kind of muddled, you know, from the rest down. Uh, you know, where do you see yourself fitting into where are, are you aiming after one particular sanctioning body for a belt or just whoever gives you that opportunity, you're going to go after that belt first? Man, listen, whatever's presented to me for as a title shot is concerned, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you know, it's it's about it's about solidifying yourself. I'm trying to solidify myself as the best middleweight out there. You know, these guys, they, they done fought their way to uh, championship contention. You know, I mean, I, 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 listen, I got nothing respect for these middleweights out here because they deserve to be where they at because they fought themselves to their position. But the but the thing but that's where it stops it because you know once I get my opportunity I'm about to take this middleweight division over I'm, I'm too much for these dudes man I got listen I got too much arsenal I got too much arsenal you know what I'm saying when it comes to this middleweight division I can box I can brawl I can I'm strong I, I mean I can do it all man you know these a lot of these middleweights they 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 one dimensional and and they good and they one dimensional but when you when you facing somebody like me that's multi talented, I mean it's gonna be hard to deal with me, man. I'm I'm, I'm just being honest. It's gonna be hard to deal with me. And you know you get somebody like Triple G that just come forward. I mean I can brawl with him or I can box him. You get somebody like Canelo that 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 that, that right now he one of them guys since he lost to Floyd he done worked on a lot of his defense, but he get tired too quick. He gets tired too quick. He's good in the first three or four rounds, and he gets tired. I mean, I'm relentless, man. You going you gonna. I'm a lot to deal with, especially when you get in them later rounds. I, I train for twelve round fights, and most of my most. If, I'm saying if the fight happens for me to get the knockout early, that's cool. But most of my knockouts is gonna come in them later rounds because I train twelve rounds hard. So, but the middleweight division is gonna be mine, man. Sooner than you think. Again, our guest is Vaughn the Animal Alexander. You know, he's showing that St. Louis swag here in these answers, and I appreciate that, and that's coming from a Kansas City native. So I, I appreciate the St. Louis swag you, you, you're throwing at me because you, you, you tell the truth. Uh, you're speaking your mind, and we, we appreciate that. Now, I do have this question for you. You know, uh, you were incarcerated. You, you spent some time away. You know, when you came home, what is what, what did you think is maybe the biggest difference you see in boxing from when you started out to now? Because let's face it, the boxing game is – it's kind of weird anymore. Um, the biggest thing was, you know, when I when I before before I went to prison, you know, you had go getters. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to boxing, 
you know, when I got out, you know, I went to Vegas and, you know, I went to um I went to Floyd Gym, you know what I'm saying, so I can get some work. You know what I mean? Just just to see where I'm at. Um, I'm talking about this this me fresh out of prison eleven years. So, you know, you would you would think that these guys would be willing to spoil with somebody that ain't I ain't even put a gloves on in eleven years. But it was, it was so crazy how, you know, these guys, they, they, they don't want to do nothing unless, you know, it, it, it benefits them or if Floyd in the gym. You know what I'm saying? That, that's when they raise the sport. But if, if, if it ain't like when I was in 2004 when I was out, 2005 before I went to prison, everybody was willing to sport with everybody. Now these guys just picking and choosing who they want to sport with, you know, that, that's why these guys are so stagnant. That, that's what that was the most thing that I seen in the boxing game that these guys they they try to reserve themselves not, to try to not they they scared they take take a um they try they they scared to um get in there with good competition in these spoiler matches it, it's a, it's about getting better you know what I'm saying you lose you listen if you lose a spoiler match you lose a spoiler match it's about when you get under them lights you perform and, and, and handle your business. But these, these guys not even willing to spoil. I mean, I got trouble getting spoiling right now. You know what I'm saying? Because these guys, these guys see that I'm back in that raw form. So, you know, they they doing just like they was in 2004. They don't want none of this action. So that's, that, was, that was the biggest thing that I seen when I got out of prison, that these guys are just, they, they don't want it. They talk it, but they don't want this. And that's something I can honestly say as a reporter here on boxing, we actually see that a lot as well, that, you know, as the years have went on, iron's not really willing to sharpen iron that much anymore. Guys are more, they're complacent. That's probably the best way of saying it. A lot of them are complacent, and it's refreshing to hear fighters say that they're not, and they want to continue to get better and and, and sharpen their skills. So this is very refreshing to hear from you, Vaughn. I, I appreciate that. All right, all um. Now, you know, obviously you are the, the brother of Devin Alexander, who's a former champion. You know, what best pe- what's the best piece of advice he's given you since you came home in regards to getting yourself physically, mentally prepared to get back in the boxing game? Well, you know, shout out to my brother. You know what I mean? He, 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 he uh, uh, getting ready to uh, make his comeback fight uh, November the 21st on Fox Sports. So, you know, I want everybody that's listening to check my brother out because he, he definitely finna make his run again. He back focused. He back sharp. You know what I mean? He's looking real good in the gym. He been in Florida for the past six months, getting his mind right, getting physically right. I mean, he he he, he ready to go. But you know, getting out, it's it's about you know what I mean. Me supporting my brother first and foremost, and but ultimately it's about you know me getting myself together. And, you know, making my run at, at this boxing game. That's what it's all about. Me and my brother, we've been doing this a long time, and he understand. You know, at this point, it's about me. I got to be selfish because I, I've been gone 11 years. So right now, it's all about Vaughn Alexander, period. You know what I mean? I'm here when my brother need me. I'm here to support my brother when he need me. But at the same time, he know I got to take care of business. I got to be in his gym. I got to handle my business. So, you know, me and him, we communicate over the phone. We we see each other when we can. But it, but, it, but it's about Ron Alexander and his rise and, and, and taking over this middleweight division. 
Now, now Vaughn, we're going to get you out of here with this one. What are three goals you have set for yourself for 2018? Now, granted, this year is not out yet, but three things you want to definitely aim for come 2018. Listen, the three things is definitely fight for a world title in 2018. I don't care if it's whenever. I would love to fight for a world title. Um, I would love to fight. Um, better competition. I want. I want to fight somebody in the top five. That, that, that's where I'm at. I, I listen. I don't. I don't feel that. I don't feel that. I need to continuously to fight these low grade guys. You know what I'm saying? To prove myself. I, I, I'm trying to get in there with them so called killers that they say. I'm ready to get in there. So that's another one. And again. Being world champion, man, that that's the ultimate goal. Me solidify myself in the, in, the, in the, because listen, I'm campaigning at 60 and 68. So you know whatever whatever opportunities out there for me, listen, I'm strong enough for either weight. I'm fast enough for either weight. Listen, ain't listen, my chin strong. I mean, listen, man, it, it, it's it's about opportunities. If the opportunity to present itself at 60 or 68, that's where I'm at, period. Right on. We respect that, Vaughn. Now, like you know, we, we said before we started talking on the show, you don't have a Twitter set up yet. Now, that, that's something that here in boxing you got to have now because, honestly, that's how a lot of fights get made. But, you know, is there any social media platforms that you are on that fans can maybe – Follow you and keep tabs up on your training and when your next fight is happening. Oh yeah, man. Um, you know I'm on Instagram a lot. I post a, I post a lot of uh, my videos of me training on Instagram. Um, I post a lot of my my fight updates on Instagram and, and Facebook. Um, you know it, it's it's you know I've been so busy, you know training. Man, listen, man. I'm so relentless with this training, man. It it, it ain't the fact that um. I don't want to be on Twitter. It, it, it's just that, man, this gym, I live and I breathe this boxing and this boxing game, man. And, you know, every day, every day, it's, it's, it's about getting better. That's what my focus is. And, you know, eventually I'm, I'm going to definitely get a Twitter, you know what I'm saying, for people to uh, keep up with me, to know what's going on with me, my fights and things like that. But it's a, it's about me, you know what I'm saying, solidifying myself, man, as as as, as the best middleweight or super middleweight. So you know, man, that, that that's where I'm at right now, man. It's gym, 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 gym. That's where I'm at, man. Staying focused, staying physically fit, strength, strengthening my body to to withstand whoever in there. That that's where I'm at right now, man. Take over, take over. That's where I'm at. 2018, take over. Vaughn the Animal Alexander, man, we appreciate you taking our time here on Punch the Face Radio. We we appreciate you, you know, coming back, being mentally and physically strong after your time away, man. That that's 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 a good positive role model image you're, you're presenting. So I gotta say I respect that. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Trust me, Kathy at Main Events will make something happen. You're gonna get some bigger faces and bigger names here come 2018, uh, and, and the fans are gonna have a lot more of you to see and a lot more to look forward to, my man. Oh, I definitely appreciate it, man. And, and I want to thank everybody that support me, past, present, and future. And I want to thank everybody that will support me in the future. Well, absolutely, man. Again, Vaughn the Animal Alexander, you're a guest here on Punch the Face Radio. You're welcome back anytime, my brother. 
right, thanks for my man. All right, thank you. Again, man, shout out to Main Events. Shout out to Lisa. Shout out to to the lovely Miss Kathy Duva as well uh, over Main Events, and and a huge thank you and shout out to Vine Alexander. Um, you know, if you can't tell in listening to him talk, this guy's hungry, and unfortunately, in the game of boxing right now, we don't have a lot of that. We don't have a lot of guys who who have that fire that burns in them that. If you put a contract in front of them and said you got to fight in 10 days, they would be willing to do it. You can tell a guy like him, he's willing to do it. He wants to make up for that lost time. He wants to be great. He wants to be a champion. And you just don't have that enough in boxing. You just don't. And I think he's got a, he's going to be something really special. And, again, you know, 31 in boxing, that's not old. Uh, a lot of guys are really starting to – in many ways, peak at that point. Uh, you still got a lot of boxing ahead of you, and in his case, in his circumstance, he's really got a lot more ahead of him. With his body not taking that punishment, you know, for 10 years in a ring or even in a gym for that matter, his body's going to be fresh. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things about him getting the opportunities. Now, with that being stated, you know, he is someone that I know main events is high on, uh, you will see him against bigger names come 2018. He'll probably get one more, somewhat of a layup fight, hopefully with the years out. And then after that, it's going to be full steam ahead with him challenging and getting into some of these sanctioning body uh, fights and eliminator fights um, come 2018. So a uh, big thank you again to main events, Vaughn Alexander, for taking our time. Uh, looking forward to what he's going to bring to the table and the level of violence uh, that he brings. The, the guy can punch, man. Don't don't get it twisted. He can He can fight. I also shout out to uh, to Devin Alexander uh, as well, uh, his little brother. Uh, he, like you said, he makes his return bout here uh, next month uh, after some time away. So you know, the, the Alexander brothers are trying to make something special here in boxing. Uh, we got to support them. And, you know, me being a, a Missouri guy, got to support my St. Louis family. So uh, shout out to, to the Alexander clan uh, doing their thing here in boxing. Um, something we do want to talk about here that also went down here this past Saturday that I'm not going to talk a lot about because, quite honestly, it did nothing for me. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz won his fight here on Saturday. Abner Morris won his fight also on Saturday. Uh, these two gentlemen both fought on cards, uh, separate cards on Fox uh, before the Showtime card started. Also, uh, all these were arranged here by PBC. And I couldn't tell you anything descriptive in regards to either one of their fights. I watched them both, and quite honestly, that shows you how much I retained. Um, neither fight did anything for me. Neither. Um, it doesn't make me clamor to want to see a rematch anymore. Um, I didn't think the first fight was all that great that a lot of people made it out to be. Um, so maybe I'm in the mi minority there, but um, I really don't care if they fight. I just don't. Um, I, I think they just both need to fight, period. You know, uh, Leo Santa Cruz is already talking about, you know, sometime in, you know, late spring for the fight. I mean, you've already waited this long. You know, I, I, I don't see a reason why you can't have this fight in February, why you can't have the first week in March. You, you're you're fighting here in the middle of October. You're going to have all of November to rest, all of December to rest. Why not start a fight camp uh, maybe the second week of the new year to fight in March or fight in the end of February. Uh, again, you know, this is kind of the same line as what Vaughn was saying here in our interview. You have too many guys 
um, who just don't they, they don't dare to be great. They want to extend things out, and this is a classic example of this uh, with Mares and uh, and Leo Santa Cruz. So if we see them fight, great. If we don't, great. I don't care one way or the other. Uh, that's nothing. I'm going to be going out of my way to watch uh, when they do finally face up at some juncture here next year. <laughs> ah. All right, again, man, I appreciate everyone listening to the show and bearing with me here with a bad throat, bad uh, cough. I'm trying my best to power through here uh, on the anniversary show. Um, but somebody who's not powering through some things. Now, there's an awkward moment here on Showtime on Saturday when they had a interview up here with um, up on stage. Brian Custer had Deontay Wilder, Earl Spence Jr., and Keith Thurman. Kind of the first time we've really seen Keith Thurman out in public since his fight with Danny Garcia earlier this year. Uh, we know he had the elbow injury, and he was going to be out, you know, in a minimum of six months. Uh, he's went off and now gotten married. So we didn't know when we would see Keith Thurman again. Well, it's kind of weird that they had him up on stage along with Earl Spencer Jr. and those guys possibly uh, meeting in a, a facing off for Supremacy 147. Now, I have to say this with this caveat. Everyone knows my feelings about Terrence Crawford. I think he's pound for pound number one fighter in the world. Uh, I also believe that when he does make his debut at 147, uh, he's going to be a problem for everyone at 147. That goes for Thurman. That goes for Danny Garcia. That goes for Sean Porter. That goes for Earl Spence Jr. Uh, I, I don't see any of them being that much of a deterrent to him at 147. I think Terrence Crawford is just that special. He's just that great. So I have to start off that caveat with this. But in the meantime, you know, 147 is kind of ruled, it's not kind of, it is ruled uh, by PBC fighters, uh, with the exception of Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn. That's another story another day. But, you know, the main title is Star All PBC Guys. And the question was brought to Keith Thurman in regards to him fighting Errol Spence Jr., and his reaction to that was, well, not what I expected. Later in 2018, it will be more um, legitimate of a match that we can make. You know, uh, the truth is, what he wants, he has to come see me, you know. And, and everybody knows that, you know. And I remember, I remember when I saw that boy backstage years ago, and I told him eye to eye, I look forward to seeing you in the ring one day because... I knew he was the Olympian. I knew he was that young gun coming up. And, you know, I don't have the same passion as he does. He's very hungry. He just acquired the first world title. I've already acquired my second world title. Like Deontay said, I'm at peace. I, I have a peace. I have a serenity of my position. But I'm still hungry. There's still room in my belly to, to put in that extra belt and to make my real dreams come true when I was a little boy, which is to be that undisputed welterweight champion. So me and him, we share that same dream, and we have to go through each other to make it happen. So that wasn't a convincing yes. Um, he kind of danced around it now. Uh, one thing that, that Keith Thurman did state that he does plan on returning uh, to the ring against a lower-class opponent, which he openly admitted, just kind of test his elbow out. Uh, here in the back end of February, early uh, week, early part of March at the latest. So uh, we're looking at a minimum of another four months before we see Keith Thurman back in the ring. 
which is a shame. Now, it's kind of weird, and it, it seems like some people are letting Thurman off the hook a little bit with this one, that he's going to take somewhat of a tune-up bout to, um, you know, for his ring return, that no one's really kind of giving him shit for that, which I get... I get to an extent, but I also understand that Keith Thurman has been very inactive the last two years. He had one fight in 2016. He's had one fight here in 2017. Uh, you know, he did have two fights in 2015. He had two fights in 2014. Um, but, you know, that was the last time he actually fought twice in a year was in 2015. Uh, was in 2015. And you know, for someone like Keith Thurman, who is 28, young in boxing, keep that in mind, 28 career fights. Uh, it's weird that you you wanted to see him fight higher tier guys. You want to see him challenge himself. Uh, you want to see him uh, be great. You know, he, he says he's you know once he has this dream of being the undisputed unified champion. With comments like that, doesn't make it sound like you're real serious about fighting Errol Spence Jr. Now, Errol Spence Jr. right now is the boogeyman for everyone at 147. Let, let's just call it what it is. He is the boogeyman there. Um, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean that in a, in a real way. He, he's the boogeyman. Like, no one wants to fight him. And, you know, for Thurman to say, you know, there will be more viable fights, you know, later in the year and what have you, and you know, he's making it sound like that he has to Spence has to chase him. I understand that Thurman may be the more established of the two. He may have the more uh, names on his resume, but at the end of the day, Thurman hasn't done a whole hell of a lot <coughs> at 147 in regards to uh, just being this dominant champion. Um, you know, split decision went over uh, Danny Garcia. Uh, he had a unanimous decision win in a very in a close, entertaining fight against Sean Horner in 2016. But then after you get past that, I mean, Luis Colazzo, Robert Guerrero, Leonard Bundu, Julio Diaz, Jesus uh, uh, Soto Carras, you know, Diego Sanchez. I mean, these are his last – excuse me, Diego Chavez. Uh, these are his last few fights. So – you know, I, I don't really get what, why he feels that he's on this high perch. Um, let me just keep it real. There's no one at 147 who's currently a title holder who should be on anyone's perch, who should feel that they're the best guy at 147. No one. Um, that goes for Spence. That goes for uh, Thurman. Uh, that goes for Lamont Peterson. It even goes for Terrence Crawford, who's moving up. No one should feel that they're that guy because no one has put that work into the division at this point. They just haven't. Uh, they haven't earned that clout that Mayweather and Pacquiao have, and you know, to a degree when Cotto was fighting at 147. No one's built that. They have that. They don't have that built in. They haven't done that yet. Um, you know, Porter needs – I mean, like, excuse me, uh, Thurman needs to be a lot more active. If he's going to be the guy there in the division, he's going to have to be more active. You know, and for Earl Spence, you know, we, we might as well get on this topic here now. 
you know, he does have a fight that's now been announced. He's going to be facing Lamont Peterson. Um, I don't know if that's actually been officially uh, – a date's been officially set for that. Um, but they're going to be facing off here. Um, let me see if it's if it's uh, listed on here. It's it's no date listed yet. It's going to be more of sometime uh, in January or February. It's going to be for uh, Spence's IBF Championship. Uh, Lamont Peterson does hold um, like a secondary version of the WBA title. Uh, Lamont Peterson is a legitimate fighter. You know, he's not a bad fighter at all. Um, Maybe not a, a true Walter Wade. You know, he did a lot of his damage in one titles uh, and 140. was a hell of a fighter there. Fought some great fights. Uh, fought some great fighters. And I think it's going to be a good challenge for Earl Spence Jr. when this fight does go down. Uh, it, it's just that, you know, he may have the more decorated resume out of anybody right now at 147 who's open and active. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, he may have the best resume, and, you know, he's maybe the most uh, underlooked guy there is. Uh, to his credit, he's there to be great and has fought guys. Uh, he's fought the Danny Garcias at 140 and, you know, in a weird catch weight. Uh, he's fought Amir Khan. He, he's fought other guys who were, who were top at their game, you know, Tim, uh, Tim Bradley Jr., for example. Bradley uh, was out there beasting at 140. So, I mean, he, he's fought guys, and he's fought, you know, legitimate guys, but – you know, this is another guy, Lamont Peterson, another PPC fighter. He's only had one fight this year, didn't fight all in 2016. This is just a, a growing cycle. You know, Earl Spence Jr., by this point of this year, should have really been a bigger star than what he is. All the momentum he has from his win over Kell Brook here in May, it's lost. Uh, and by the time, you know, February or late January, whenever he fights Lamont Peterson happens, all the momentum is going to be dead. And... I don't know who you point the finger at. I don't know who you blame, but somebody has to catch the blame for this because you have far too many fighters who are just not active. And it's a shame because these are guys in their prime or entering their prime or not even close to their prime yet, still in their 20s, you know, early 30s, and they're not active. They're not fighting you know, three, and, three, three and four times a year. <laughs> Hell, I'll even settle for two times a year. We're not even getting that out of these guys. And these guys are title holders. And it's a shame. It's a real shame, a sham to boxing that this is happening. But, you know, let's hope that with Lamont Peterson and Earl Spencer Jr. both fighting each other here, first quarter of 2018, that we can see them multiple times uh, in 2018. We'll see. So that fight's been made official. Uh, it's been booked. We just don't know where it's going to be at. More than likely, I'm hearing uh, possibly somewhere on the East Coast. Uh, another fight that's been made official that is really interesting is that David Lemieux will challenge Billy Joel Sanders, Saunders, excuse me, uh, for Saunders IBF middleweight championship. Now, we all thought that, you know, once Canelo Triple G ended in a draw, Lemieux would be the one to challenge Miguel Cotto, since Cotto was more likely looking at the winner of that fight. Well, and all of that ended up going to shit. Um, you know, Bully Joe Saunders thought, you know, he would maybe fight the winner of Canelo Triple G. Well, when that fight went to a draw, that went to shit for him. So, you know, so many things went so weird. Dominoes fell in so many in the orders they fell that it just made sense that the IBF ordered this fight to happen. And I'm excited that the IBF ordered it to happen, for one. I'm even more excited these guys actually agreed to actually fight. 
because you know that um, it, it's weird when it comes to guys wanting fights and wanting challenges. Um, this was even more weirder because Billy Joe Saunders is actually going to go to Canada. He's going to go in David Lemieux's backyard, Montreal, here on December 16th on HBO to defend his title. So, you know, it has to be some big money for him to come across the pond to fight, for starters. Secondly, to even go in the guy's home country of Canada, you know, we often make fun of Billy Joe Saunders for getting injured and pulling out of fights, but that takes some balls, folks. And um, it's it's interesting to see what will end up happening uh, with that fight, but I think it's going to be a hell of a fight and it'll help give some clarity to the middleweight division. One would hope, one would think uh, the winner of that bout would then, you know, look to fight the winner of the Triple G Canelo rematch at some juncture in 2018. But, hey, you you never know where things have happened. Again, folks, it is boxing. Now, a fight that we really weren't looking overly um, Two was Anthony Joshua was going to be making his next title defense against Corbett Pulev here um, in really in ten days here on October twenty eighth. Uh, Pulev ended up getting hurt, and you know they had to find a last minute replacement. And in enter Carlos uh, Tamak. Hopefully I'm enunciating that right. Um, he was I think number ranked. He's like the third ranked guy. He was a mandatory, also possibly for Anthony Joshua which is a shame uh, The Joshua, I mean, Pulev wasn't going to be that big of a challenge for him, but nevertheless, he was a guy who was a little bit more recognizable. Carlos is a fighter, uh, originally from Cameroon, fighting out of France. Uh, really nobody here in the States, uh, unless you've seen his fights internationally, probably have never heard of him, uh, never seen him fight. Uh, his resume is not that great. He did get knocked out by Alexander, Alexander Povetkin, uh, he does hold a unanimous decision win over uh, Tony the Tiger Thompson. Uh, he does hold a win over Michael Grant, but keep this in mind, this is a 2013 version of Michael Grant, not the 2000s version of Michael Grant. Uh, he also holds a victory over Francois Bolta, but again, this is the early 2000s or 90s version of Francois Bolta. It's a 2012 version of Francois Bolta. Um, also, he stood and he did actually go the distance with Joseph Parker here last year. <coughs> Since that loss to Parker, he's looked off two straight knockout wins, thus earning him uh, the late-minute replacement uh, opportunity to fight Anthony Joshua. I don't look for uh, for Carlos to do much of anything against Anthony Joshua. The thing is, the, the only way Carlos will have a chance in this fight is if Anthony Joshua doesn't take him seriously. As long as Joshua takes him seriously, this will be a very quick and early outing uh, for him. So let, let's hope for Anthony Joshua's sake uh, he takes his fight seriously. And uh, also in the same note, since we're talking heavyweight division, you know, kudos to Deontay Wilder. As much fun as I make of him in Alabama, but kudos to him because, you know, he could have just dropped the bout and just dropped out of the fight uh, here next month against Bermain Stavarn after. Luis Ortiz had the issues with the drug testing. Um, but, you know, he's willing to keep the fight going. Um, he, he did say in his interview when he was talking here on Showtime that he is not looking past 
Stavern because it is kind of personal. Stavern's the last guy to actually go uh, the distance with him, but he's just looking uh, through him and, and to bigger things, but he knows what he has to do in front of him. So we, we shall see. I think it's interesting in regards to that, but eh, what can you do? Um, another fight is now, I mean, it's, it's official here. We did last week's show, but they've actually kicked off their press tour today um, or yesterday. Was uh, is Miguel Cotto versus Saddam Ali. Um, Cotto's last fight here in New York. Cotto sold over 140,000 tickets during his lifetime in New York, which is a crazy number if you think about it. And I hope here for his final fight in Madison Square Garden on December 2nd, uh, this is no different. Um, you know, no one's clamoring for this fight against Saddam Ali. There have been guys who've turned it down. You know, Jesse Vargas uh, was offered the fight. He, he put up this uh, statement here on Twitter today uh, stating that um, the money he was offered was very low and he wasn't was willing to take the low offer. Uh, Mikey Garcia has said, you know, go boy, want to sign him to a multi-fight deal. He didn't want to do that. Um, you know, the Charlo brothers, uh, Jermel, uh, called Del Cotto. I, I don't think that fight doesn't make a ton of sense for Cotto uh, at all at this juncture. If Cotto was going to go out with a bang, he's going to go after Triple G or Canelo. Uh, and that's why he was kind of hoping the fight would actually end clean so he could get that winner, that one large payday. I don't think he's at this juncture in his career wants to fight a young lion like Charlo. Like I said on last week's show, you know, Cotto is allowed a layup for his last fight. The guy's done everything we've asked him to do. He's fought at a high level all these years. Let him have his layup. Just just let him have it. And, you know, just move on from there. So we shall see. Now, uh, also on that card, uh, Ray Vargas, uh, he's going to be featured on the HBO uh, televised undercard uh, of the Kodo Saddam Ali fight. Uh, he's going to be uh, facing um, – I don't know who he's going to be facing right now, but he's going to be uh, fighting on that card. They're actually looking for an opponent uh, for him. So it's a guy that they're – Excited about it, Golden Boy. 30 and 0, 22 knockouts. A young guy, young, promising guy, uh, 26 out of Mexico. You know, he's going to be making his second title defense service about here at 122. So uh, we know he's going to be a part of the card. We'll be also interested to see who else uh, they're able to to add to that uh, for for that in New York, for that to sell. I don't think it's going to have issues selling uh, in regards to um, – People getting excited with this being Cotto's last fight. I look for him to uh, to do good numbers there. Uh, there'll also be uh, Jason Sosa. His fight has been announced uh, against Robinson Castellanos. Uh, that'll be here on uh, November 25th. That uh, he'll be part of the undercard or the Sergey Kovalev uh, Shabransky fight. Uh, we're hoping to get. By the way, we're, we're crossing our fingers here that we'll get a Kathy Dubois on during fight week of that. Uh, to talk about uh, Sergey Kovalev. So, uh, you know, we got some fights, interesting fights here lined up. Like I said, we got others uh, that are kind of sort of taking shape. Uh, Lucas Matisse is now back in training camp. Look for an announcement here soon. If it's not him fighting Adrian Broner, I would be absolutely shocked. Um, you know, Adrian Broner's also been kind of hinting towards that about a big fight. So, uh Look for that to be what the situation is once that is announced. Uh, don't be alarmed if it's um, Lucas Matisse versus Adrian Broner. 
uh, sometime here in late January uh, on HBO. So that's that. Now, one card that is happening here tomorrow night, so if you're listening to the show live here on Wednesday or if you're uh, downloading it and you're listening to it here Thursday morning, uh, a fight card here on November 19th. And it's kind of a garbage card. I, I will openly admit that. It's kind of a really it's – it's a weird fight, but it's a fun fight. And, you know, maybe it would take, you know, my, my brother Adam Abramowitz to kind of describe it. It's a garbage fight. But it's a fun garbage fight. Uh, Gabriel Rosado versus Glenn Tapia will happen tomorrow night live on ESPN. Now, both of these gentlemen want to be put in title contention at middleweight. The problem is um, they're they're not they've suffered a lot of L's. Let's let's just put it that way. Uh, for you know, for Tapia, a lot of people are calling for this guy to retire. Uh, after his fight uh, with James Kirkland here back in 2013, it was a bad knockout. Uh, but he rolled off three straight Ws after that. Unfortunately, though, since then, since he has his three-fight win streak, he's actually had a four-fight winless streak. He's had three straight fights where he got knocked out. Uh, Michael Soro, David Lemieux, Jason Quigley. Uh, Quigley fight was a unanimous, unanimous decision. Lost that, honestly, a lot of us thought he won. It was an interesting fight. It was a close fight. A lot of us thought he did enough to win, and he really uh, showed he had a lot left in the tank, which is crazy to think that we're saying a guy at 27 should retire. We thought he was washed. So, you know, he hasn't won a fight, though, since 2015. His opponent, Gabriel Rosado, is not that much of a different boat. Uh, he hasn't won a fight here since 2016, but he suffered two losses here uh, back-to-back. Willie Monroe Jr. Uh, was a unanimous decision loss, and he lost a majority decision loss uh, going over to the U.K. early this year to Martin Murray. Now, both of these guys uh, want to remain relevant, uh, whether they're fighting at 154 or fighting now at middleweight. They want to stay relevant. They want to be um, on TV, and this is somewhat of a eliminator bout. This is kind of a – this is cannibalism for Golden Boy. Let, let's just call it what it is. Uh, Golden Boy doesn't have that much depth in regards to, quote-unquote, star power. They're in their divisions. They have a lot of fighters that are signed. That, that, that's, that's not what I'm stating, stating, stating. But what I'm saying is they don't have any stars there on the roster, and they're trying to build those guys up. This HBO platform, excuse me, this ESPN platform is important for that so they can be, then move to HBO, and they can sell those fights to HBO and make you know, more money. But they just got to get opportunities. So, you know, unfortunately, you're left with main events – with Glenn Tapia and Gabriel Rosado, who really shouldn't be main eventing, but they're more recognizable names. So you can actually get these other younger fighters an opportunity to fight and be seen. So, I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword here for for Golden Boy. You know, they're, they're trying their best with this um, and trying to build up their product and try to build the roster back up after the, uh, the split with Richard Schaefer and all those guys that were Heyman guys. Uh, underneath Golden Boy parting ways and, and going with the PBC. So it's it's a shame that it's happening that way, but, you know, it is what it is. They're slowly but surely building uh, their roster back up, and this is what we get in return here on Thursday. We get Gabriel Rosado versus Glenn Tapia. Uh, I honestly think it's going to be a better fight than what many expect, 
and I really think it's going to be a fun fight. Um, I, I really like the fight. It's <laughs> crazy as that sounds. Um, so we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see. So that's that here for this week. Now, before I go, because, again, my voice is starting to give out on me, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a rough night. It's been a rough, rough day being sick. Being sick is no fun. Um, so again, I appreciate everyone listening to the show here and bearing with my horrific voice, my coughing and, and, and my congestion. So I, I appreciate everyone rocking with me here tonight. But what I do want to say here is before I go, is tonight marks the one year anniversary. Well, technically it's the 19th, but whatever, uh, it, tonight marks the one-year anniversary of me going back and coming back to doing podcasting. Uh, this is the 51st show, technically 52nd, but whatever. We'll, we'll explain that another day. But this is now a year that I've came back from doing podcasting. I, I took a year, really a year and a half away, to uh, get my head back together after working uh, for Bad Culture Radio and having my own show there, and just pretty much getting tired of of everything. And it took that time away for me to be away from the sport and doing the podcasting to appreciate it again. And I, I love it. And I want to thank some people who have helped the show progress on here uh, through the course of this year. I would be remiss if I didn't thank Adam Abramowitz. Uh, Adam has been a lifesaver here really in 2017. Uh, great co-host. He'll be back here on November the 4th uh, to talk boxing with me. Hopefully by then my voice is 100% back to normal. So shout out to him. Uh, shout out to my mentor who helped me kind of get, get started in this. Uh, Ginger LeBeau, host of the Morning Punch-In show. Uh, catch her every Monday. Uh, I'm, I'm plugging other people's shows. This is rare. Uh, so shout out to her for, uh, for giving me that opportunity. Uh, but then I want to also thank people who have been a guest on the show throughout the year. Uh, since we've relaunched, you know, the, the first guest on the show last year was Kathy Duva. We're actually trying to get her on the show here tonight, uh, but unfortunately schedules uh, didn't match that, so we're going to try to get her on before the year is out. Uh, Kathy came on. I told her what I was doing. I'm trying to relaunch the show. She said, no problem, I'll do it. You know, as before, Kovalev Award won. So shout out to her and since she's came back and, and been another guest as well. Uh, we've had Heather Hardy on the show. We had Austin Trout last week, David Alex. Excuse me, Yvonne Alexander here this week. Uh, we're trying to get Devin Alexander as well. Uh, we've had um, uh, James Dominguez from the uh, from Kelly Kelly Pavlik's uh, Punchline Show. Uh, shout out to Amy Green. Amy Green, a great PR person, came on to rock with me. Ishmael Abdul Salam of Beats Boxing Mayhem, uh, and also NYK Loyalist, which I got to talk to him about his next this year. Uh, have came on and have done the show. We've had a few MMA pe- people as well. Uh, when we were trying to kind of split the show up and be both MMA and, and boxing when we first relaunched it. But that didn't really work. Um, MMA fans are kind of fickle, and boxing fans are a hell of a lot more passionate about all of this. So I, I appreciate them um, coming on and doing the show. Marlon Esparza as well, another one that was one of my favorite guests uh, so far uh, since the relaunch. Brandon Rios. We hope to have Brandon Rios back on the show as well now that he's going to be fighting Danny Garcia. Crazy if you think about it. We'll hope to get him back on as well uh, to talk. Uh, Tom Leffler from uh, K2 Promotions. Tom has done the show. Uh, he did that before our Triple G's fight here with Daniel Jacobs. Uh, Carl, um, Carl Moretti 
from Top Rank just a couple weeks ago came in and did the show. So I shout out to him. So I, I said this and I meant this. When I realized the show, it was going to be bigger and better than what I did before. I'm still trying to stick by that. I'm still sticking to my morals that this is my show and I'm doing it my way. And it's worked out great. And I love the feedback. I want to thank everyone who listens to the show. I want to thank everyone who subscribes to the show, um, whether you're subscribing via iTunes or you're subscribing via um, YouTube, whether you're subscribing via Stitcher Radio. However you're listening to the show, when you're listening right now, thank you. Uh, you give me my encouragement to continue to do this. Uh, shout out to everyone who tweets me uh, after listening to the show and, and everyone who says they're going to keep calling in, but they never call in. Uh, shout out to my man, Tan V., uh, who constantly tells me he's going to call Limp and never does. Uh, so if the coach Larry, who also said he's going to call the show when he's sober, I don't want that to happen. Um, so shout out to everyone who does that. Shout out to my man, Mike Money, uh, over there on the East Coast. Mike is a, a, a valued member here of the family here at Punch in the Face Radio. Speaking of which, I see a number of this appearing on the board right now. Surprise, it's not Money Mike. Money Mike must be extremely busy, so i have to reach out to him. But we do have a caller here on the air whose number looks familiar. A uh, caller, you're now live here on Punch in the Face Radio. It is the lovely Miss Donna. I could not let the show end without saying happy anniversary to Punch to the Face Radio. I can't think of a better way to spend a Wednesday without listening to you. I may sound a little biased, being your mom and all, but good job. I'm glad you're back. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I would be remiss if I didn't thank you. Uh, for continually to encourage me to do the show, uh, for me to, no to tell me, you know, no matter how tired I am to, to still do the show, to still get things planned, uh, to still email people and, and hound them to come on and do the show. So uh, you're a major part of this as well. For those who don't know, Miss Donna, uh, on Twitter, Miss Donna61, <laughs> yes, that is my mom. Uh, she is also the photographer uh, here for punchoftheface.com, where we do do live uh, feeds and, and go cover sports live. So shout out to her uh, for her tireless hard work. Uh, to continue to make sure that I am motivated in what I do here. Um, do you have any parting no shots or anything you want to say in regards to boxing uh, here on tonight's show before we end? Love the interview that you did with, uh, what was his name? Vaughn um, Alexander. Vaughn Alexander. Love the interview. But I really wish you could get Koto on. You know how I feel about Koto. Man. You know, that that's going to be tough. Uh, Cotto does not do podcasts. Uh, Cotto does not like doing uh, media. Uh, Miguel Cotto's well known like to talk in third person. So, you know, we never know. Uh, but we will be watching live uh, December 2nd no for doubt. his final fight. So uh, we are a pro Cotto household here. Hashtag Blacks for Cotto. Uh, we're trying to yes. get that hashtag started here. That's what we're doing, Blacks for Cotto. So, but, but right. definitely. But, Miss Donna, I appreciate you taking out the time, as always, to – uh, not only listen to the show and be a prosecutor of the show and help, uh, you know, do the verbal campaign to make sure everybody knows the show's existence. I just thank you for being yeah. my mom. So thank you. Well, thank you for being a great son. And again, happy anniversary. Thank you. All right. Not too many people can have their own mom calling the show and support them. And actually knows her boxing. So shout out to my mom. So, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, Miss Donna sixty one, pretty good chance you may not follow back. I don't know how that works out, but nevertheless, uh, that's the show here for this week. Uh, no idea what is going to happen on next week's show. No clue. Uh, I hope my voice does sound better by then. 
Um, we don't know. Uh, hopefully I can shake whatever's wrong with me. But uh, uh, as always, you know, shout out to all the brands that we that, I'm, that I inter- intertwine with. Shout out to Adam Abramowitz, who's right now currently traveling for his job. So follow Adam on Twitter, SNBoxing. As well, go to SaturdayNightBoxing.com. Again, SaturdayNightBoxing.com. Adam writes a lot of good stuff and a lot of uh, introspective pieces in regards to boxing. Uh, he has his uh, observations from this past weekend's fights uh, on Showtime. I don't know if he even touched Leo Santa Cruz, Adam Mars or not. I hope he did because he's a really shit card. Uh, but definitely make sure you read what Adam does at uh, SaturdayNightBoxing.com. That's my brother I support him. And as well, make sure you follow the group on Facebook, SN Boxing. Uh, we say a lot of interesting things, a lot of fun topics, uh, but some of the responses are completely crazy. But that's what makes the, the, the group fun. So Saturday Night Boxing, uh, so SN Boxing on Facebook. Uh, and as well, you know me, Brandon, punchtotheface.com, and it's one on Twitter, Brandon P2TF. Uh, please follow me. Please uh, tweet me stuff that you listen to here on the show. Uh, and also subscribe, Punch in the Face Radio on YouTube, Punch in the Face Radio on uh, Stitcher, and as well as Punch in the Face Radio on iTunes. Those are the uh, platforms that we're on. Uh, we're trying to grow and be bigger here in year two, and this is just the start. Uh, let's hope here as year two goes on, we don't have any more sick days. Uh, the voices sound funny, but we're here for you people. Uh, with that being stated, man, as I say always, and I can't stress enough anymore in today's day and age, I want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed, love one another, because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Until next week's show, I'm Brandon Stubbs, and I'm out.